This is Jay Harwood's another edition of amazing conversations with all-time giant great Tiki Barber. As a giant season ticket holder since 1958, it's a real pleasure for me to have you on, Tiki. Two quick funny stories. 2004, I'm in the press box at Chase Stadium. Jim Duquette, I mean, brings Chris Benson, who just got in the train, gives me a dog in a little Scottish terrier. In the press, I said it was a stuffed animal. I wanted him naming the dog Tiki, okay? <laughs> For 15 years, the dog was alive, died just about a year or two ago. The other thing, probably my, my most embarrassing moment as a Met person, I don't know if you remember, after the Super Bowl, which we lost to, 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 to in Tampa Baltimore. to Baltimore, yeah. I had you, Strahan, and Kerry Collins out. This was the first pitch. Yep. I ordered the uniforms. Everybody knows I'm a diehard Giant fan. Barbara, 21, good. Strahan, 92, good. I give Kerry Collins, for some reason, number five, <laughs> which wasn't his number. And he was very polite about it. He said, you know, that's not my number. It's number 12. <laughs> so I, I felt like such a jerk. You know, I'm this gigantic giant fan. I can't even get the freaking numbers right. Well, you know why? It's because of the five interceptions he threw in the game. <laughs> <laughs> that could be. Hey, listen, first of all, congratulations on the Jersey Hall of Fame. Thank coupled you. with the Virginia Hall of Fame. You said uh, Springsteen was there? Yeah. Bruce, yeah, Bruce showed up to induct his wife, and he was last out. Actually, he was second to last out. Then they had uh, Tony Orlando came out and, you know, did a, a routine at the end. So it was it was nice. There was a lot of great people there, a lot of great names, and a fun event, including uh, Governor and Tammy Murphy uh, from New yeah. Jersey, who I'm friendly with because she's a UVA grad like me. Yeah. So I'm prejudiced, but – how are you not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Uh, only per, per NFL history, over 10,000 yards rushing, 5,000 passing, over 1,000 in in, in, uh, in returns. Yeah. Uh, 22 giant records, uh, uh, four games over 200 yards, 234 against Washington. Um, why do you, you think it's because – they they didn't win a championship when we were there. What do you, I mean? Well, I mean, I think I think for quarterbacks and coaches, the championships matter. But for running backs, it's really about getting in the room and letting them have the conversation about you. So I found this out last year when my brother got inducted. The only thing he wanted was to have them have the conversation about him. Right? Just I don't. I'm not saying I deserve to be a Hall of Famer. It's just talk about me. And the only way for that to happen is to get into the finals. And that vote's happening in a couple of weeks so you know maybe i get into the finals and they can have a conversation and talk about those things that you talked about the ten thousand yards rushing and five thousand yards receiving only two other people have that that's marshall falk and marcus allen and he averaged about five yards a carry which is yeah phenomenal seven yards a carry and most of it came at the end of my career so maybe that's what it is i didn't hit the i didn't hit the nfl with a splash as a rookie or second year can I give you a parallel thing with the Mets? Two years ago, we got Gil Hodges gotten into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. He was on 33 consecutive battles, didn't get in. We got an advocate in the room, like you say, Joe Torrey advocated for him. He was from yeah. Brooklyn, and Vince Gully did something, and he got in, you know, by one vote. But you have to have somebody in your, you know, a pol- not politics, but yeah, you know, no, but. Uh- Jay, that's what it is. It's politicking. It's it's you vote for my guy. Let's look at and you know in five years I'll vote for your guy. I mean that's really what it comes down to. And I've been lucky over the last couple of years because Gary Myers, um, formerly of the Daily News and a good friend of mine, has has kind of taken up the cause. And you know he's just started advocating for me. And you know hopefully it makes a little bit of a difference. You know in some cases like with Tim Brown, 
you, uh, who took a long time to get in himself, the great wide receiver from the uh, Oakland and L.A. Raiders, uh, he had to hire a PR firm, right, in order to just get the get the word out there. And it's not that these guys, including myself, aren't deserving. It's just that sometimes you start to slip from people's consciousness. And in order to have a chance to get into the Hall of Fame, you got to be front of mind and, and be reminded about some of the good things and, or great things that we as former players did when we were on the when we were on the gridiron. Yeah, I saw Gary last at the Commander game. I loved his book. I mean, yeah, especially with Parcel sitting by the ocean by himself before a day game. I thought that's pretty. Uh, you know, you did pressure all your life. You know. Uh, when you came into the Yampton, you know, for the, the Evan and Tiki show, WFAN, of course, when you took that show earlier this year, it was a top spot. I mean, you're in a, 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 a time slide, uh, Mike Francesa, Craig Carton. Yeah. Did you feel any kind of pressure, pressure, you know, that you, you, different when you weren't at the network? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So, I, I mean, I worked 11 years with BT on, on, on Tiki and Tierney, um, and that was mostly national. The last year of our, our run together with me and BT, we went to WFAN, uh, but it was the midday. And, and so it was a little bit lighter. It was a little bit less pressure filled. Uh, we could just be ourselves and talk sports and have fun. But when Spike Eskin and Chris Olivero brought me in and, and suggested that they might want to move me, it, it, in some ways it was exciting. I mean, I, I didn't even think about the pressure of who had preceded me in that time slot, but it, it, was, it was an exciting opportunity. And Jay, you've known me for a long time, or you know known about me for a long time. I've never turned down opportunities, whether it was going to work at Fox News or the Today Show or doing a Broadway play for seven weeks. If 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 it's presented to me and I feel like I can um, do it well, I'm going to jump at it and not fear the failure. And so, yeah, there was certainly pressure. But I also know that I can only just be myself, right? I, can, I, I can't try to be Craig Carton and, and find funny ways to talk about whatever, right? I can't be Mike Francesa and, and, and have this ingrained knowledge from decades of knowing uh, New York sports and, and having the pulse of the people. All I can be is Tiki Barber from Southwest Virginia who came to New York, lived in the city and had a pretty good career. But along the way, made a ton of different relationships and myriad walks of life, uh, but also love sport. And so I try to learn every day. Right? I, I know I don't know everything about baseball or basketball. I know a lot about football. And so I, I feel like I learn as I go. And it helps me because I, I don't I don't come off as as knowing everything. I, I, I just kind of I don't know. I just like I'm having a conversation with someone at a bar. That's what it feels like to me. Are you conscious of the ratings, Tiki? You know, I mean, some of the papers publish it. You know, with the Michael K stuff, and yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. are you conscious I mean, of that stuff? Or? I, I am, but not really. So, so when I first came over to WFN, because on the national level, we don't even talk about, it. we don't even care about ratings. I don't even know if we get a measurement. And so, for the last year and a half, Spike has talked about it. BT is very conscious of it. Evan is very aware of it. But to me, I don't have the context of what it means. Right. The only thing it means to me is, yes, you're doing your job well or you're not. Um, but I know that the only thing I can do is be myself. Right. I can't change to try to fix a rating or to grow a rating. All I can do is hope that people understand what I'm trying to be or who I'm what I'm trying to say and, and the message and the stories that I'm trying to get out. It seems like, you know, I'm a listen all the time. You brought a different 
take to the show, getting more people involved, like with Sean Marsh, Mar- yeah. a player. Yeah. You got the Seco de Meyer stuff at five o'clock. Yeah. Was that a conscious thing to change the show around a little bit, or get? Yeah, get well, I think I think what we want Jay is appointment listening, and so uh, every day. Sean does Cinco de Five O, and he's like the perfect foil. Like he's he's some comic relief, but he's a passionate fan, right? About the, with the Yankees, and you look you look get involved too. I mean, he's yeah, just yeah, of course. But then we also uh, we have a, we have a good crew behind us from Anthony Gallo, who puts out all the social, and Tom Izzo, who is the director of over Gallo, who created you know Bad Tiki, and that was a surprise. What is bad? Tell me what's Bad Tiki. So bad Tiki is an AI. And, you know, they they were messing around with voices. Let's see if we can mimic Evan's voice. Let's see if we can mimic Craig's voice. And it didn't really work because it didn't sound like either one of their voices. But when I got hired to uh, to, uh, the afternoon drive show, they tried to mimic my voice and it sounded exactly like me. And so they they decided to do a gimmick because, you know, I come off as this very nice person. Let's let's get the alter ego. Yeah, I got you. And call it bad Tiki. And so he says everything that I would I would I'll think, but will never, ever, ever say. And so we do it every Thursday. So we've created these appointment listens uh, throughout the week, which are fun and entertaining. They're not overwhelming because we're ultimately always want to talk sports and and have fun and you know, have those conversations with our listeners, but it's, it's, it, we have a unique crew. The crazy thing, Jay, is that I don't feel old, but I am the old man on the, on the, on the, right. On I hear, I hear. So Evan is a jet fan. You've told me before you try and walk the line, Yeah, you know, but, but I think what you grew is it's great with the giants is you're, you're giving them hope and not trying to lay out some stuff that, that could happen, not to be so defeatist, like with the, yeah. Like you were right on with Theobald. I mean, all the got yeah, criticized yeah. and had a breakout game last week. And what you and Carl Banks have been saying. I mean, yeah. but you don't hit you don't hit people over the head. No. You know, well, that I'm, well, you know what I'm trying to do, Jay. I'm trying to inform. Right. I'm trying to teach in a in a way because I think it's one thing to be passionate about sports and have an emotional reaction. But I I watch a lot of the games. Um, whether it's the Jets or the Giants, dispassionately. So I, I have a, a, it's called true media. So I can watch any game over the last 15, 10, 10 or so years. And so I can watch it without the emotion of the broadcast, right? And it's the all 22 or it's the high end zone. And it's just, I see exactly what's happening as opposed to, oh man, that, that emotionally moved me and it clouds what actually was going on. And so as I watch Kayvon Thibodeau, I see him doing a lot of things that don't say I need to go sack the quarterback. And so I asked myself, why is he doing that? And it's obviously because that's what Wink wants. Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator, that's what he wants. Um, and then once you see him evolving into this role, you you appreciate how good he's become. And in critical moments, he's made a lot of great plays for the for the New York Giants. This is Kayvon. But I, I think as I like I look at sports very analytically. Um, and I think it's because I grew up a, a Washington fan, right? And and as soon as I got drafted to New York, that fandom had to change, right? It's like, who are you a fan of now? You grew up in D.C. as a, you know, you love Doug Williams and 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 those Super Bowl teams, the, the Hogs, et cetera. But when the paychecks are coming from the Meadowlands, my fandom had to change. And so I, I became dispassionate as a fan, which allows me to not be biased, um, but also understand it. 
I think I also try to see things from the from inside the organization. Like what what would a player think? And this is for the Yankees, the Mets, the uh, the Giants, Jets. What would a player think about this criticism? And is it fair? And if it isn't, then I'll expose that. If it is, then I'll say that as well. I mean, I'm not afraid to be critical of people. You work with Brandon for 12 years. I mean, yeah. is it hard to get in sync with a new partner? It is. Mean, a little bit. It is a little bit, but. Um, Jay, I, I, I could talk to a wall, right? I could, I could talk to anybody in any walk of life. And so it's just a matter of, de- of developing the relationship and understanding the quirks of, of someone. And um, I love Evan because he's such a nerd, right? He, he scores games. He's writing a book about scorekeeping. Yes, I know. And I, and I bet it's going to be interesting. So I, I went to it. We went to the Mets Yankees game, the Subway Series, with when Rodon pitched, and I sat right next to him. I'm watching him score these games. I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, what do those little marks mean? Um, but but it, it allows him to. It's his connection, right? It's his connection to the game. He's been doing it forever, and there's there's meaning in that for him. And when you understand where he's coming from, as opposed to just judging him, you just kind of understand where he's coming from. It, it allows you to develop a relationship with them. And I think I think we've got a really good one in the very short time that we've been together. I'm, I've been with the Mets 44 years, Tiki. So when, when, when I when Evan was a youngster, his mother used to call me and get him press passes to come out of the field. That's awesome. And then, you know, and, you know, and when, we, we had, when we had our bad times, Evan's a season ticket with his father. Yep. He would come to these meetings and he has pretty pointed questions. And I'm cringing in the back and say, oh, my God. I mean, he would he would be afraid to show his fandom, you know, criticizing no. Sandy Alderson or something like that. He would be, you know, go go right out there. But, you yeah, know, he would. That, that's what I like most about him. It is, there's no filter, right? He'll say whatever is on his mind, and it's uh, it's kind of cool because you don't get that. Can I be a fan of a second? Two of my favorite games for you is the '95 run yard run against the Raiders and the yeah. 234 against Washington. Yeah, those were. Great. That's a lot of yards. Yeah, those those are great days. I always think back to that that Raiders run because it was the longest one in Giant history. Not the longest play. That was the eleven uh, Victor Cruz a touchdown against the Jets. But um, Luke Pettigrew jumped off sides like the play before, and everybody's like groaning. And in my mind, I'm saying, "Oh wait, I can go 95 yards." <laughs> right? And, and then we called a play. They knew exactly what was coming, but they cheated. And they 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 overplayed it, which allowed me to cut out the back door and and go make uh, you know a big run down the field. But the only reason that play happened, Jay, was because Palexico Burris made a, a block at the point of attack. Once I got to the backside, uh, the backside cornerback, he blocked the backside corner, and then he turned around and blocked the safety. Right. So not only did he block, do his job in the at the point of attack, or really kind of the made up point of attack. But he turned around and basically escorted me down the field, as did Amani Toomer, right? So I always tell people I wasn't fast at that point, right? That yes, it was my touchdown. It was I was in the record book for it, but it only happened because I had selfless players like Amani and Polexico and uh, and David Deal and Sean O'Hara and Chris Snee. Those guys were amazing uh, for me. It's the only reason I rushed for so many yards, including. In that last regular season game against the then Washington Redskins, right. where I went for 234 yards and three touchdowns, we just we just had the right plan, and uh, because of the chemistry that I had with my offensive line and my fullback, we were able to do a lot of big things in that game. And honestly, as I look at the as a as, you know carry that lesson forward as I evaluate teams like the Giants, it's their biggest issue right now. They don't have the continuity 
up front offensive line wise, and it's why they can't get many any consistency. His schedule is crazy. This is the show you do a game every week for CBS. Yeah, how crazy now you have kids going to cheerleading practice? How crazy is your week? To do, you yeah, it, week? it gets a little busy, especially for my wife. Tracy is is amazing because she handles a lot of that that Ubering. Like she's an unpaid Uber driver at this point, uh, driving the kids back and forth to cheer competitions. They haven't started competing yet, so they're not traveling. But in about uh, two or three weeks, she's going to be on the road just like me with the girls going to Oklahoma and, and Texas and Ohio and Florida uh, for these big competitions that they go to. But, you know, Jay, I love being busy. I love um, trying to achieve things. And I consider, you know, WFAN my uh, it's like my, my passion job because I'm just talking about sports. Right. All I have to do is pay attention to sports. The grind uh, is a little bit on the NFL games because, like for instance, this week I'm going down to New Orleans. I haven't watched New Orleans, so it's it's spending you know three days, two or three days grinding on their tape, grinding on the narrative about their players and the and the team, um, and 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 they're playing the Chicago Bears, who we've had earlier. So I have a little bit of familiarity. So it's a it's it's like a fine balance of finding time to grind on tape, but watch the local sports, develop these opinions, and and still have a good family life. Let me ask you, when you left in 2006, you were really at the height of your greatness then. Yeah. Do you regret doing that? What Was it just you felt it was just time to leave? Well, after it, was, it was a couple things, Jay. I mean, I was getting beat up. I mean, back then, I mean, I can go look at my game log. It was 24 carries, 28 carries, 32 carries, as well as five or six. Every game. Carries. Every game. Yeah. Um, I, and I, honestly, I didn't want to come off the field. I loved it. But I also knew that it was wearing on me. But, you know, the other side of it that it's not it's not often talked about because the only thing people focus on is the fact that I left before they won a Super Bowl. You know, timing's a bitch type of thing. But I was doing a lot of different things outside of the game that were really interesting to me, including um, meeting Shimon Perez. We met him at Tao on Uptown Tao. He invites me to go to Israel. He's the sitting premier of Israel at the time. And so I we take a two-week trip to Israel. We visit the Knesset. Uh, there's, it's during disengagement when Ariel Sharon is trying to get the, um, the Israelis to move out of these occupied territories. So there's protests happening. So it, there's, it's this really charged environment. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, the, the world is so much bigger than the game of football. And um, it opened my eyes to, to, to what else I might want to do with my life. And, and then I met, you know, Connalisa Rice and I'm at the state department with her. And so all of a sudden, as my body's starting to say, dude, you don't want to do this anymore. My mind is starting to say, you should explore other things that are happening in the world. And, and it's why I decided to leave and go work for the today show, um, and do a, you know, a, a lot of really cool things with them for three years, including covering the Olympics and, I was just ready for something else. You, you, I wrote some place. You, you, you interviewed John McCain. It was one of your yeah, great yeah. Interview. yeah. I was doing a, I was doing a radio show on Sirius. So me and Rondé, my twin brother, had um, a show on Sirius called The Barbershop. It was just about football. But once the off season came, I told you know Steve Cohen over there, um, not your Steve Cohen, but Steve, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. I said I want to do something else. Yeah. And he said, well, "All right, well, what do you want to do?" I said, "I just want to do like, can we do a show about politics and life and you know, you know, science and space?" He's like, "Sure. What do you want to call it?" So I did this show called the National Sweep, 
um, just to talk about whatever. It was only an hour show on Sirius. And my first guest was John McCain. And it was, before he, ran for, yeah, it was before he ran for president. And he it was right near the end of my career. And I remember asking him if he was going to run for president. And he's like, are you going to play again? Are you going to play another year? <laughs> so we had this like weird like relationship, even though I didn't really know him. You know, That's I talked great. to the head of NASA. I thought it was it was fun. It was just different. And it, it expanded my mind a little bit. Tiki, what does a vote come up now? Next, the next vote in the Hall of Fame for you. So the finals, uh, to the vote for the finals happens, and I and I think the next three weeks or so. So by the end of of November, that's when the the voting for the finals, and then they'll get together. Uh, I think in mid January to to do the final vote to see who ultimately gets in the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, around around the Super Bowl. Uh, so you'll know. I mean, we'll know in the next three months whether or not. You know, I've made it to the final four. I mean, Gary's so well. I mean, he couldn't get a better advocate than him. I mean, oh, Gary is the best. He's yeah. he he is the absolute best, uh, and he's done it uh, for many years for uh, the Jets, including Joe Klecko, who just got in from the right, veterans, right, um, the Veterans Committee, and that was really all um, Gary who lobbied hard for him, and 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 ultimately for Darrell Revis as well. Uh, who got in as a as a first ballot guy? What so, baseball? I'm sorry. One baseball story. A couple of years ago, Harold Baines got into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Tony Larusa, his former manager, and Jerry Reinsdorf, former owner of the Whites, were on the committee. So it's all about you know getting yeah. the right place at the right I mean, time. You said it. You said it without really even meaning it. It's it's politicking. Yeah. Right. It's it's the world. Everything we do and and is lobbying and it's and it's and it's advocating and it's it's having the right friendships and relationships that'll stand up for for you or or whoever uh, to to try to get done what's right. And so I I really appreciate Gary because he's I mean he doesn't have to do this and but he he's well, taking the right thing. What's great? And I, listen, I thank you for your time and I'm glad I didn't screw your number up. I remember number twenty one, <laughs> but Kerry Cut was so gracious with me. He said, "Hey, I get it," and I got him another uniform. Yeah, Kerry. I got, I, I, vapor, they were laughing at me all the whole day there, but uh, just, you know, my little dog used to watch the giant games with me every Sunday and uh, we lived a good life 16 years, uh, oh, that's 16 a great times, life. 112 years old. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. Uh, well, hey, man. all the best take. I'd be listening every day and I really appreciate your time, my friend.